Welcome aboard the Ark. You're listening to The 100 Podcast, a show about CW sci-fi series, The 100. I'm Dan, your mountain man, and today I'm joined by my favorite grounder, Olga. Hey everybody, today we'll be looking back at Season 3, outlining what was effective and debating what could be improved in Season 4. We'll also be diving into some listener feedback. Woot! Alright, so spoiler warning, as we look at back at all of Season 3, this will be crazy banana pants is our review um so you know we wrote up this list of what was effective what could be improved we're gonna run through the effective and i'm sure there's more than what we thought of here right but this is just kind of our first thoughts yeah. um maybe and, you know. maybe before we get into this should we promote what we just released on our podcast oh yeah feed? good idea yeah yeah so um we just interviewed isaiah washington Yaha from the hundred. The show that you are currently <laughs> listening to us talk about. Yeah. So holy crap yeah. that happened. That was really, really <laughs> cool. We're super thankful to him for coming on. If you haven't checked that out, uh, you know, thirty eight minutes of him being cool and very having smart interesting things to talk about. Yeah. Um it's a cool interview. We were really happy to do it, so check it out. Hey Dan. Yeah. Was it cool? It was pretty cool. <laughs> It was, uh, you know, a little bit crazy banana pants. Right. Um, right. I'm kind of loopy today, in case you can't tell. So, we... Right, back to what was effective about this season. Clearly not us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Story of our <laughs> lives. All right. So, my first thing that I have, and, you know, I, a lot of these will be controversial, I'm sure, for some people. But for me, Pike. Pike was very effective. I think that he, you know... I just think he was well-layered, that he started out kind of one note mm-hmm. and being so, like, for lack of a better word, racist or prejudiced, you know, like... Prejudicial. Yeah, but, like, prejudice. allegorically yeah. racist. Yeah, Um And so, but I just think that, like, he really felt, he, he was the, the right kind of villain, because he really felt that he was doing the right thing. He really cared about his people. Mm-hmm. He really wanted to... You know, he listened to Bellamy about certain things. He didn't want to go too far for the sake of going too far. He wasn't power hungry or, mm-hmm. you know, crazy. Power uh, crazed. Yeah. yeah. And and then they gave him the backstory, which I thought was a really nice... It didn't really necessarily reveal another layer as much as it was another example. And it was also him stripped of that prejudice. Yes. But still showing that, like, he was well-meaning, doesn't but, really know where the line is. Right. A man and, who to whom brutality is like a lesson plan yeah. in a way. And that was his lesson at the end of the season. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I, I totally agree that initially it's like, oh, who is this guy? Because we were just learning about him. And then while I liked him, it was fairly one note through and through mm-hmm. until that last third. Yeah. And that's where, like many things, we got tied together and we got the payoff that was all in all satisfying yeah and i and i that's the thing is that by the time by the time he died like i don't think he's a good guy but i was like oh you know this is kind of messed up that he Mm -hmm. died you know like yeah it's not a victory at least not to us yeah like it's like oh great he's dead but Mm -hmm. it's kind of like he just saved her life he really was beginning you know and he still did have i liked that up even in that finale he still had 
a somewhat understandable point of view where he was like, we we didn't do the wrong thing. The And he even isn't even that wrong because he's right, right that all the other... Uh, you know, he didn't Tri- know at the time yeah. that all the other tribes were against her, and that if Antari had become um, come the header, that she would have probably annihilated yeah, Skycrew. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I, I think he really worked. He really did work, and while we'll miss him, we're also very happy with how it all went. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, um, another point is Mount Weather's destruction. And sort of that whole episode and that reveal of it being that whether it's being attacked in that polis. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a really a good rallying point for everybody. A really nice like that was like I really thought the, the first you know four episodes or whatever were really nice political uh, just like different factions playing off each other and it, how these it, wars are being built. It set up the political climate. Yeah. That we are now facing, which was slightly different, not slightly, very different this season as compared to other seasons. Yes, it still had that, like, Grounders versus Sky Crew, but there was another level to it of now it has to be directly the, who we know as a Grounders. Yeah. And all of their politics and what they have going on between them. Yeah, it wasn't, I mean, in season one, definitely, and even somewhat in season two, it wasn't really... The politics, uh, it was just, like, the bad grounders versus us. Or, mm-hmm. then, like, once in a while, you kind of understood why they were doing what they were doing, but it felt very rudimentary and not very... We didn't know... We didn't understand their culture. Mm-hmm. You know, felt, and what we did understand, it felt just very much like we're a war culture. Yeah. And I think there was a lot more there. Yes, definitely. Um, and um, I also... One of the things I liked about Mount Weather's destruction is it was a pool... It was a source of resources. Yeah. Resource source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that got removed, so it kind of puts our group in another interesting place yeah. of, like, they don't have as much as they did before. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. That. And that was a catalyst, clearly. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to talk about this next one? Yeah, so another thing that was effective was Monty's increased role. And again, more so towards the end of the yeah. season. Um, I, can't, I can't give it a total pass because we did criticize it along yeah. the way. But... I have to, you know, they showed him as desirable. Mm. They set him up in several interesting ways with his relationship to Jasper, with his mom. With Harper. With Harper. Yeah. As, uh, again, reminding us of his intelligence in comparison, like, with Raven. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ra- yeah, connecting with Raven, connecting with Bellamy more than ever before. Um, I-, I think that there were bumps along the way, and I think that the biggest issue, if you really think about it, was the time spent where he was basically just following what Bellamy and Pike were saying, and they just really weren't delving into that. Mm -hmm. But overall, if you look at how he was used in season three versus how he was used in two and one, this is a big improvement. It really was. Uh, And he definitely, he had multiple little, he had a, you know, personality, he had difficulties, he interacted with lots of different people. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy that, and I feel like you can't go back now is the other reason that, that I'm happy yes, about it. Yes, exactly. You know, he, he feels, by the end of the season, he feels cemented as a really A, like an A-list vital. character. He's vital to the story, yeah. truly. And I, I don't think he was A-list in the first two no, seasons. No, I'm inclined to yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, another great part of the season was the increased role uh, roles for Miller and Harper and the introduction of Brian. Yeah, yeah. 
So oh yeah, I didn't even remember write him down as the, one of the new people we got this season. Right, because he just, he just fit in yeah, so right yeah. and so well. You know, and the, the three of them, like, there is still like a, a little bit of an awkward of, of like, hey, it's the B team, but it's kind of like cute in a way, and they definitely got more than they ever have. Right, and I like the introduction of more gay characters and how nonchalant it all is. I do still wish Miller's dad was around. Yeah, uh, I, I think we just have to assume that yeah. he's dead. But I definitely think the three of them were fun. They had their nice little small scenes, and it worked. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so next thing is the finale and the cliffhanger. And these are in no particular order, in case you can't tell. Right, yeah. We <laughs> might repeat ourselves a little bit, too. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just think that the finale was really strong. Uh, we've talked about it all last episode, um, but... You know, it was just a good finale. It covered, you know, it, it tied everything together. Mm-hmm. Good stuff for Clark. Good philosophy. And then the cliffhanger, you know, it, it was really, like, it kind of came out of nowhere, but it, it does make me excited about what season four hap- is going to happen there. Yeah. It, it raised the stakes of, like, and we're back to apocalyptic destruction yeah. as a threat. And it's interesting because... When we were finishing this season, I like before we got to this cliffhanger, I was kind of like, "What do we do next?" Because yeah. because they had already just finished; they're finishing a story that was tied into like what the core um, concept of the show was that we were finally finding out how everything died and and facing that apocalyptic threat head on and defeating mm-hmm. it. And I was like, "So then." That seems like like you're how are you going to get anything else that's as important to the core idea of the show, mm-hmm. and that this almost feels like obvious as like how did I not think of this that you're going to have to directly now face what started it all in, well, a, in an even more direct way. Than well, that's the thing. It's one of the I'd say it's pretty masterful of like. Yeah. For making us forget the true threat of like there are new threats there's new i think i can't remember how you made this point but mm. what show or was it isaiah washington it was, made the point well he brought up as the second apocalypse and then i was like i can't remember walking anything i'm sure there have been things where there's a second apocalypse but i can't remember if i've ever seen something where the apocalypse happened things were getting slightly better or just different yeah and then there's gonna be another one yeah and it's also just it doesn't feel redundant either because yeah. our characters directly didn't have to face the first one in that no. way. So, and on this show, it will happen. Uh, you know, like yeah. on other shows, there'd be like the threat of an apocalypse. Mm-hmm. This is going to happen. I don't. I do not doubt they're not going to fix this. They're going to find some way to hide or some way to escape. You know, but they're not going to stop it from happening. In my opinion, there are too many. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's really cool. So the threat, the looming threat, is huge. Yeah. Um, but also there's the personal relationships and the cliffhangers on which those end are really exciting and interesting. So now, I will say, this sounds like an end of the series idea. So I'm wondering, like, you know, in general, you know, the ratings aren't looking great as far as last I checked. I mean, I haven't checked that recently. But in general, the ratings aren't great. Mm-hmm. And there now is all this controversy and everything else. Right. So fourth season, I mean, the last season does not sound that crazy. Um, but also they wrote this before they most knew. of that happened. Yeah. Uh, and even the ratings were better at the beginning of the season. Right. So I don't know if they were always thinking fourth season, ending season. Or, I mean, there is part of me that goes, you know, at the end of the season, 
they escape to space, and then season five is in space or something yeah. like that. So it's Go possible, to Mars. you know. I mean, I wouldn't. I was talking with a friend the other day, and I don't know that I would be that surprised if the show ended with them. It the whole show ended with them landing on a new planet. And it's like starting it over, but we don't really see it's like right. they're, like they're fighting aliens or that you know. But it it ends on that mode, right? Uh, and I think I'd be okay with that. Hmm. It would be, you know, we've talked about this sci-fi, yeah. Thing, but the more I think about it, the more I'd be okay with that, as long as we wouldn't. I don't think I'd want to see them adjusting to life on a new planet, mm. but landing on it. That would be like the cycle continues. Yeah. Dot dot dot. Yeah, kind of thing. I think I'd like that. All right, next. Um, next, one of the really great things about the season is how quickly we were connected to new characters, such as Roan, Luna, Antari, Titus, Nyla, and Gina. Yeah, I mean, there's a negative side to this that we'll get to and what could be improved, but as far as their introduction and how much they got me invested, either by liking them with someone like Gina or by just being interested in them by someone like Titus... I thought it was very well handled. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of new people, and we already love so many people here, so it could have easily been like, we don't want to deal with these new faces. But I embraced I all of them so very nicely. I was so excited. Nice, they know. were all so interesting, and we we wanted more from all of them. Yeah. yeah. We did. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, I, we've talked about Roan especially, I think, was really introduced well. Luna, I think, was really great. Yes. Antari had so much, that, so much potential that I'm sad that it went the way that it did. But We'll get back to yeah. that. All right. The next thing I wanted to throw out is the performances, and I wanted to specifically this season highlight uh, Raven and Jasper. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Lindsay Morgan and Devin Bostick is what we decided. Correct. It okay. It decided. It is his name. <laughs> yes. Um, just really, really strong this season. I think. Um, God, Chris Larkin. I think it is his Monty. I'm so bad. Yes, Why are we so it terrible? Is. At this. Um, I mean, <laughs> you are definitely worse than I yeah. am. <laughs> but yeah, wait, is it Chris Larkin? I think it is. Well, like, you, you you look it up. While I guess, I mean, I he, it is Chris Larkin. Yeah. Why am I <laughs> doubting myself? Look what you've done to me. <laughs> he impressed me uh, this season. I I did not go into the season thinking that he was up to par with everybody else, and uh, he he definitely had his moments this season. Right. So. But I mean, the emotional trauma. I mean, in a way, it's kind of the it's really hard to pull off true emotion like desperation yeah. like all those levels to it yeah and it was but the thing is it wasn't just the lows that all these actors pulled off yeah. it was also the highs yeah like jasper when he was in city of light stage yeah. that was also an incredible performance even though that was exactly the removal yeah. of his anguish yeah. yeah for sure same with raven too yeah i, I think um also some i think maybe the maybe the most for in my thought process, one of the most underrated people is Octavia, and that how understated her performance is that you don't mm-hmm. necessarily think about it as much. It's not as like showy, but it's she, not as in she your has face. a lot of like stuff going on in in her head, mm-hmm. and it's clear, and you can yeah, see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, Clark and Lexa are great, but they and know. and Bellamy, yeah. uh, of course. I mean, but we always probably yeah. give them props. <laughs> All right. Um, I put May You Live Forever, just sort of signifying that whole Emerson episode. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we've talked, I, I didn't love his second appearance as much. Right. But that first appearance and his interactions with Clark and her decision to send him off and all, all that stuff, 
all the, the lines. Yeah, the intensity. Yeah. Ugh, it was great. And actually, now that I think about it, that reminds me of another effective thing, which is just how much the end of season two resonated throughout the whole season. Oh, absolutely. In a way that most shows it wouldn't do. No, no. Yeah. It, it truly felt like a continuation. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great. Yeah. So speaking of a continuation, another thing we give props for is the, the slow reconnection between Clark and Lexa. In some ways, it could have been a little faster. Well, yeah. I mean... I, I don't actually, I, I'm of the opinion personally, and I know this is, this is, okay, so it's one of those things I talked about a few episodes back about aesthetic versus ethical. Right. Aesthetically, I think that the pace in which they handled their reconciliation and the rebuilding of that and culminating in the sex, I think aesthetically might have been worth it. Unfortunately, it does then have the ethical implication of the trope of the, the, the fact that because it had to take that long, the sex was right next to her death. Yeah. Uh, and that's unfortunate. But I still think that the way that that arc was built up mm-hmm. really worked and was f- nicely fulfilling. It's, un- again, unfortunate and, that it ends up tying into a trope. Right, but, right. But it was also a bit realistic because yeah. Clark's own emotional journey, while sometimes we felt like, Oh my god, it's so slow, it causes her to be removed yeah. from so much. Yeah. It's appropriate like it's correct. It's kind yeah. of what you would think is Yeah. It should be after all of these losses, all of this doubt, all of these huge traumatic moments that she's been through. Yeah. So Yeah, I, I mean I think especially I think uh, it, it's just unfortunate. If we had just been able to have Alicia doesn't then carry for one more episode. Yeah, I think that would Because I think that was the right point for them to have sex. Yeah. It just wasn't the right point for her to die. Right. So it's... I think that... Uh, yeah. Too bad. Yeah. All right. More on Lexa. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lexa versus Roan and Lexa versus the, all the chippies uh, at the end in the finale. Just, you know, great Lexa choreography, great moments. Badassery. Yeah. We're big fans of badassery. We should also just throw, throw out Lexa in general. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, another uh, thing that we really liked is how the grander, uh, granders, <laughs> grounders um, were connected both to the City of Light through the flame. Yeah. And how, because how, that was the big thing, and that's why, you know, as much as there is a negative side to Lex's death, the power of that ending, of that ending part there, where they really found, they had that with those great flashbacks, and they had, you know, the way to connect the Nightbloods and all this stuff, those politics we've been seeing with the City of Light thing that felt so separated. Mm-hmm. And it really was kind of masterfully connecting these two yeah. ideas. And this is actually when I want to bring up another thing we loved of the philosophical and rigi- uh, religious allegories at yeah. play. Of like, this is their religion. The AI is their religion. It is their belief system. And then yeah. all of that continuing to the City of Light and that being an allegory p- for heaven mm-hmm. and the philosophy of who are you without your pain and what is that what we want out of heaven? Like what all yeah. of that was just so skillful. Yeah. And I mean, we had our issues with some of the, you know, with like the slitting of the wrist and stuff too. Right. But I do think that the allegories as far as things they're saying about PTSD and depression and suicide and stuff were interesting to look at and to pick apart. I don't know if they were as fulfilling as they could have been, but I do think that there was layers there and that there was text that was to be interpreted, which is not something you see from a lot of TV shows. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So all of this, this whole package and how connected these big points are. Yeah. 
amazing. Yeah. So rare. Yeah. And I feel like they pulled that off, despite with blips, but they yeah. pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, because I, I honestly, I don't feel like I fully understand everything they were going for this season. After talking with Isaiah Washington, I am 100% sure that we did not get yeah. everything. <laughs> Yeah. Damn, so, there was a lot of lot of layers. Uh, I'm there. interested. I mean, I definitely before season four starts, not you know, not right away, but at some point in the next whatever seven months or whatever it will be, I will rewatch season three on Netflix, and I'll be interested to see if I come to some new conclusions and all that. Same yeah. here. Same here. Um, another thing I thought was really effective was the use of the flashbacks. I'm pretty sure all we got was Becca and Pike this season, unless I'm forgetting something. Sounds right. But uh, those two, I thought, were both really great. I thought mm-hmm. the Pike one really helped him. I think the Becca thing was really exciting. Yeah. And we learned a lot there, too. So mm-hmm. just, just really strong. Yes. Um, Jasper's arc in general. We kind of touched on yeah. this, how much... Just good. We, great. Yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> how We were so worried yeah. about Jasper yeah. on so many varying levels. <laughs> uh, next, uh, how the, we talked about how much we love the finale, but also the premiere... And what it set up with the new status quo. With the three months later. Yeah. And just, like, the... Ar- you know, it was just really exciting to be like, Arcadia's here now, they're using Mount Weather, Clark's over here, you know, mm-hmm. Polis is... Ha- Actually, we didn't see Polis yet, I don't think. No, but there's but, so much potential. Yeah. And the whole added up sequence, was, I think, was really effective. We're huge we're yeah. huge fans of that. So we, we still listen to the song a lot. We need a little bit more of moments like that, I think, here and there. I would love yeah. that, yeah. Um, so this might be, I don't know if everybody will agree with this one, even if you'll even agree with this one, but I think that the season had very little filler and that that was very effective, that there was no, there was literally the the only episode I can think of that in my opinion felt like a filler episode was the second Second Emerson. Emerson, Yeah. I'm inclined to agree. The problem is, what do you call filler? Because there were so many things that led up to, like led nowhere. It's like, well, all in all, that was not necessary, I guess, but it kind of added to the dimensions of the show, but well, okay, we were disappointed. So what would you... Do you have an example that you would qualify in that camp? Like, Nia? I mean, it was kind of filler, but it... I mean, it's interesting. That's what I mean. Like, what do you call filler? Yeah. Do you I'm, call filler stuff that just start, comes from nowhere and goes nowhere, or do you... I do not... I wouldn't consider that filler, because A, it... It concluded a storyline that had been set up in season two as far as Nia having this grudge with Lexa. Right. B, it's put Roan into motion uh, as as the king, set up on Tari, who was important. You know, like, it was... That's fair. And it, and it also was Bellamy's arc. With the, if the Ice Nation hadn't been part of there... See, that's what they, I mean. Like, that in and of itself, it has important things tied to it. Yeah. But itself, like... You're talking about what the Ice like Nation? Ice Nation itself just kind of led to so li- like Whoa. is is so that I mm. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself, but like its influence on others and its resolution of previous arcs is important. It's here's the thing: I cannot qualify it as filler because without it, nothing, nothing would, would work. happen. I know, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. That was yeah. just an example, but that's what I mean. Like yeah. I can't say I agree that the only real true filler that I can think of is the Emerson episode. Yeah. And even then it's like, oh look, this is how the chip works, but like we yeah. didn't need that. The other stuff we needed. Yeah. But it was just not the satisfying kind of needing that borders on It well what it was was it's an interesting thing because it's it was kind of that they had mini arcs 
that built to an, that set off another arc. Yes. And instead, because the thing is, I think the, the reason it feels to us like filler is because the way it was set up, it felt like this is the Ice Nation season. Yeah. And it really wasn't at all. No. It was the Ice Nation four episodes or whatever. Yeah. And, but that doesn't make it filler. It doesn't. Cause, I, cause I, know, the, it, I know. I mean, under that, under that kind of thought process, aside from Clark feeling bad about Matt Weather, you could say all last season was filler because what does that matter now? You know, okay, like, no, no, no. Yeah. But that's why I started this entire yeah. thing off by saying, like, it's what you call, yeah. like, what do you define as filler? Do you yeah. define it as a core arc and everything that is, like, literally still involved yeah. or a thing that sets off a chain reaction yeah. and has a minor influence here and a minor yeah. influence there and an influence here, and then that makes a major thing down the line. So it's not true yeah. filler. That's what I yeah. said. It's not yeah. true filler, like, totally inconsequential. Yeah, yeah. It is just not as the same as, and not yeah. as fulfilling yeah. or filling in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's what actually a very interesting part of this debate would be was Bellamy's entire arc filler, if you really think, in the in the grander scheme. Will anything that he did this season really matter next season? And we don't know that yet, but I kind of get the feeling it won't. That I was gonna say we've been talking like by next season we'll probably forget everything, like let go of everything that happened in season three with Bellamy. Yeah. So yeah, that I'm kind of inclined. It's Stuff happened with him, but we're kind of more or less back to square one. But we don't know. Maybe. I, you know, more we'll or see. less, yeah. Uh, and and even if it is, I mean, I don't know, filler is such a complicated it thing. Is. Because even if it's not going to play a huge role in the next season, it was still, the good parts are still there, and it was still an arc that he went through, and he did face, you know, like, so like... If you is is it filler if it added to the person you know and I don't be I know and yeah. this is what I'm kind of yeah. like debating I'm like yeah. I don't really know yeah all right moving on what was effective uh, polis in general I love like the area the the look of it and learning more about the grander's culture in general which we already talked about a little bit yeah same with the again we listed stuff. the philosophy yeah um so this is like very controversial i don't know why you put this here but i'll let you explain it's because it's my opinion i know i, I know i know that's yeah. what i said well i'll let yeah. you explain <laughs> um i put uh, lincoln's execution i think that again we talked about when we first saw him his dot his death uh that the um his introduction at the beginning of the season like what how his arc was set up at the beginning of the season was strong and then I felt that his ending was really strong, and it was just in the middle where we didn't get as much as we could have. Um, but I think that the scene in which he died, as violent as it is, was really powerful. Uh, I think that watching Octavia walk him die, I think that the music and the fact that he, you know, his lie, his one line to Pike, yeah. his resolution, his like resolve there, he. The fact that he was that he walked did it willingly, and that he was sacrificing himself for his people, and that and you know what that actually does close his arc as far as how they set it up about is he going to choose his people or the sky people or whatever, and can he make this work? No, he can't. Right. You know. So like, I thought that was a really powerful scene. Do I think it could have been even better? Yes, because they could have done more with it, and he could have had a lot more. But I still think that that scene is a really powerful, strong scene. So where I stand on it is, in retrospect, 
wow, what, how different would this season have been had Lincoln not been killed yeah. at that point? Like, that set off so much. Again. Yeah. But a lot of, to me, what it feels like, well, yes, I agree that scene was powerful. Yeah. I felt like it was, and the lines, the dialogue was good. Yeah. It felt cheapened a little bit by shock value. The, For me. What about it? The, the violence was shock the value? The violence with, of the shock value. I, I To me, it wasn't shock value. That's fine. Yeah. And that's that's my opinion yeah. of, like, it be feeling like shock value of that, of, like, look, we're escalating it even further. Like, was it necessary, though? I, I don't feel... The, the, the dialogue was necessary. That yeah. was fine. That was great. But the thing is, I also feel like a lot of what we compliment about it is... And about Lincoln wasn't so much his arc, yeah. as you said, because it was pretty weak, but it was his character. Yeah. It was just like the thing that ended up killing him was his strength as a person and mm. his resolve to be, try to be loyal to his people and yeah. try and protect. Like, this is nothing new. This is nothing I, revolutionary. I do miss him. I miss him a lot. Yeah. The show, it feels like it's missing something. Yeah. I, so I, he's. I don't know. I think that to me, that violent, like, yes, that for certain people, that violence, I was going to say will trigger, blah, blah, blah. I don't mean, I didn't really mean it in the triggering sense, but obviously, yes, it will actually trigger people. But it will trigger uh, certain connotations or whatever that people won't be happy about. And that maybe, I'm not even going to say, you know, I, I'm not going to decide one way or the other whether there's negative racial representation there or not. But as far as to me, it was it was horrific and awful, and the scene was supposed to be horrific. It was supposed and awful. to be horrific, and, and awful. It, to me, it heightened how horrific and awful this moment was, and how harrowing and sad and tragic it was. And so, and it, it was all those know, things. So yeah. yes, it's good all those things, but I frankly I think I'm too tainted by like what led, how yeah. it led to that point that I cannot independently. Yeah praise this scene for its yeah. power when they're giving him one of his most powerful moments yeah. in his death after weakening him yeah. in life. And we're actually going to have an email that talks about that later, mm. as a matter of fact. Not in uh, regards to Lincoln, but in regards to um, black female representation yeah. on the 100. So that's actually something that um, we'll get to. Yeah. So uh, one thing I do want to pick up, though, is you mentioned what would the season be if he had survived. And the thing is, I think there was kind of... Given the, the the way the arc of the season went, mm -hmm. there was kind of, even if he didn't die, there was no other time, it was kind of the right, it feels like the right time for him to die, because his arc was in Arcadia. Yeah. You know, and what they set up was for him in Arcadia, and the season ultimately was not about Pike, it was not about Arcadia versus the Grounders, it was about the City of Light. And that he didn't really... I don't feel like he had a clear place in that storyline. Yeah. And so, I don't know... You know, he could have had more interactions with Bellamy, and I think that could have been interesting. But, like, it wouldn't have... We wouldn't have gotten the thing that we feel like we're missing, which was more of that, is he an arcer, or is he a grounder, or what is he... You know, like, yeah. that... that There was no other time for that, really. Mm -hmm. So... I, th and that's what I mean, like, the end was so chock full of stuff, and they let go of so many other things by yeah. the end, that it was like, well, I don't want Lincoln to be let go of, yeah. and they already kind of did, so I guess, yeah. might as well. well. Well, we'll get to some more of this when we get to the yeah. what could be we're starting to we're starting to veer back <laughs> yeah. into the could be improved. Um, so, 
Okay, Octavia's ending, we talked about last time. Great, we really liked it. I just want to talk about the level of tension that I felt throughout this season. (laughs) You were on edge. And what connects with how much they made me care about the people. And, you know, there are good sides and bad sides to the fact that they killed so many people this season. Right. But it... It, and, you know, there was, there was to a degree that where maybe it was too much. I, I think that the fact that they didn't kill everybody in the finale kind of fixed that. Right. But um, it just made it, you know, I really fell on the edge of my seat. I really think that they really made it feel suspenseful, high tension, high risk. Mm-hmm. And so I really High stakes. Yeah. It was a very high stakes season. Yeah. yeah. Sinclair giving him more to do, I thought well, was Holy really crap. Fun. We started to care about Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Um. Uh, Allie and the City of Light were very scary, if nothing else. They were horrifying, they were intense, they were a frightening villain. I feel like it's it would be fun for you to re-listen to the podcasts of this season yeah. and be like, how you felt about Allie and City of Light in the beginning, yeah, and then how you got there in the end. I'm also interested in what I will think when I rewatch those first few episodes, right. while I'll think of the City of Light plots now that I know where it goes. I mean, that was definitely a big fear of ours, even up to as close as the penultimate episode, yeah. being like, what What do we do? Can we like, like, we don't know if we should like this, because it all depends on where it goes. Yeah, yeah. And it went somewhere that we mm. liked, so I feel like yeah. it might be more relaxing on rewatch. I, though at the same time, I might every time she'll show up on screen, I'll be like, why don't you just tell people that if they take the pill, they'll be saved from the apocalypse? <laughs> yeah, that's still <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Uh, my last effective thing was the music, which I guess that was yeah. really good. Yeah. I'm a fan. I wonder what this week's theme is going to be. <laughs> All right. Now to the what we were, what we were already kind of talking about. Um, what could be improved? Number one. Pacing. Pacing. Yeah. Especially of making sure that characters' motivations are clear, their arcs are going in a direction that makes sense, that we don't have moments where we're like, what the heck, why is Monty over here? We don't even, we skipped over that. What did we miss just now? What? Where? Yeah. And pausing the episode being like, all right, let's talk this through for a second. Okay. I guess we can reason that out and that makes sense due to this, this, and this. It's like too fast, too, too little in some places. Just don't rush so much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, it's all, as I've said throughout the season, I, it's hard for me to blame them because they, ser- they clearly have so much they're excited they, to talk yeah. about. And they don't know how much more time they have. I know. They probably I, don't I, have much more time. I know this is but, all explainable. Yeah. But ambition has to come to a point where it's like, how well can we pull this off? Yeah, yeah. And should we even attempt it if it's not going to be served correctly? Yeah. And look, it, or doesn't, effectively. it doesn't matter that... It, I liked how they handled Bellamy in the finale. It doesn't stop the fact that throughout this season, Bellamy was not handled very well. Correct. You know, he, yeah. he really wasn't. But yeah. the, his motivations at the time when he first did the Abe Massacre were not clear enough. How we were supposed to feel about him was not very clear. And very and, divisive. Yeah. And you just, you want to be able to have some idea, like, it, it, it didn't, because it didn't feel like it was supposed to be a question. I, I didn't feel... And that's a really weird subjective thing, right? Where it's right. like, is this character being placed in a gray area purposely and we're supposed to be like, should we like them or shouldn't we? To me, it felt like the show wanted me to like him. Right. And I didn't. That, so that's what and, I mean and, by, and, like, being divisive is fine. Yeah. It's good to have divisive things that causes dialogue and yeah. interaction. But do you really want it to be, like, this kind of dialogue where it's like, I feel like I'm being led somewhere, yeah. but I don't feel that 
is justified. So yeah. unlike Pike, I feel like Pike is kind of what Bellamy should have been. Where it's where, well, if, if they really wanted to make him a gray character, or mm-hmm. I don't know if they wanted to do that, but like Pike, I feel like the show doesn't super prod you in one direction or another. Like he, yes, he does this awful thing of killing Lincoln, and so obviously you're gonna hate him for that. But he. You see him caring about the kids. You see him caring about the hundred. You see him wanting to do the right thing. You see him saving saving Octavia's life. You know, like yeah, they give you enough there where you're just like, well, he's not a good guy, but like he's not an evil man yeah. either. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. So, um, on a related note, uh, that we are touching on, mm. um, that it felt like a lot of the arcs got in the way of each other. Yeah, things were set up that felt derailed by another plot coming in. A lot of it was ended up being derailed by the City of Light, and then yeah. even though I ended up liking a lot of the City of Light stuff, there was so much more to do with Ice Nation. There was so much more to do with Pike versus the like you know Pike Arcadia versus the Grounders. Right? You know what is this fascism? Like, what are we gonna like? What does this mean? And mm-hmm. what are the people? Is there gonna be a civil war? You know, like. And they touched on all these things, but there was just, these are huge ideas. Yes. Or even, like, setting up uh, Raven and everything she struggled through, and is this going to pay out, and that doesn't really go much of anywhere. And Antari and and all that. And it's, and what they replaced it with was usually something else that was good. But I was like, but but, but I like this good thing, too. Yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) It's not that we didn't like City of Light, but it was such a huge, big bad that it took the place of so much or pushed it aside yeah. and it wasn't in some ways it wasn't as satisfying in other ways it was like oh i'm glad they got through it but yeah. well and, and now and uh, and so now it's scary because next season we have another even huger issue well, i mean it's, it's one of those things that's interesting because it's like what isaiah washington was talking about where it's like do any of the petty feelings between people even matter now because yeah. it's such a big thing to deal with yeah and i think that there's like something interesting there but it's what like to take a little sidestep, it's what I'm scared about with Game of Thrones, too, where it's like, I care so much about the political dealings here and the character interactions and this person getting their specific revenge against this person. But at the same time, there's this huge yeah, the ice white, zombie yeah, threat exactly. And it's like, yeah. that's cool, but is it going to just end everything I cared right. about? Yeah, and, like, and you're not alone in that. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I kind of wanted to ask him about, but as, as the interview progressed, it was clear that it was... Like, I got my answer, and that was going to be about redemption and the importance of redemption. And I feel like the most he probably would have said about it for next season is, like, redemption doesn't matter. It's all about survival. Yeah. Like, who cares about redemption? Yeah, people got redeemed, but what Mm. is that even in the greater scheme of things? Yeah. It happens as a consequence of just continuing to survive. And Murphy's a great example of that. Yeah. So he was redeemed without trying to redeem himself. Yeah. Uh, the next big thing for me is if if you're going to have your crazy sci-fi rules, <laughs> such as the rules of Allie and the City of Light and the chip and how she controls people or doesn't or whatever, just make sure you set up very specific rules and then try to actually follow them. If yeah. you need to bend them once in a while, I can give you some leeway. But if you're making it very unclear what the rules are and you're shifting it all the time and it feels like you're breaking your own rules... Uh, it, it just, it makes me confused, it mm-hmm. makes me not trust what you're telling me, Yeah, and, it, you know, there are just, like, a lot of weird little plot holes that we were finding, and I just, they're leaving a lot of things to the audience to figure out that some, and that's good when you're talking about, like, a philosophical thing, yeah. but when you're talking about, like, 
how does the mythology work? What are the rules of this thing? That feels like something that could be explained. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I freaking bit? hated that part yeah. of it. <laughs> um, all right. Um, also, setting up great characters and uh, killing them before their potential could be utilized. Gina, Naya, Antari, Titus, potentially Roan. Yeah, mm, we don't know. We don't know. Probably depending on his contract with <laughs> Black Sails. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, we, we've touched on this quite a bit. Yeah. Like, not enough. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just, because it, you don't want it to be that when you kill someone off, you're like, instead of feeling sad or instead of being like, oh, that was such a good death, you're feeling, well, that kind of sucks. I like, There was so much more they could have done with underwhelmed. that. Underwhelmed. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Underwhelmed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing is that Indra and Lincoln didn't get that much to do which we talked about lincoln indra uh, you know i just don't feel like i really i mean there was like a speck of a thing when she was injured that i thought was good right but in general and you know and she did learn to work with the with people she couldn't work with you know like there was a little specks of things here and there but generally i don't feel like i know that much more about her this no. season than i did last and it was season. so weird i still can't get over Kane, my friend, and yeah. then just that going yeah. so and so little movement in that regard. Yeah. Um. Okay. Here's a big one. Um. The handling of controversial topics with more care. Um. For me, the biggest thing, uh, from and this is personally, right, uh, is the rape thing, mm-hmm. and it just because it it just feels so so ambiguous. And, you know, I had a friend who doesn't pay attention to the fandom, didn't read anything at all, and one of the friends, and we hadn't talked about the season in a while, one of the first things she said to me is, man, I really hated how they made that rape scene, like, sexy and with, like, sexy music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she didn't even, she hadn't, you know, she that was just her watching it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just that the way that they, I, it just felt weird. I, I don't know. It felt, it felt like we're again maybe the aesthetics versus ethics yeah. like i don't even understand how aesthetically that makes sense that he what what do you like mean by where that? is the aesthetic victory in that scene i mean it depends. where's the aesthetic justification the aesthetic of- justification in my mind is that it isn't rape that and that's yeah like the aesthetic <laughs> justification is that it's showing the character of murphy is willing to do Whatever it takes to survive, yeah. And, you know. And to not have that be very tonally, it doesn't have to be textually explicit, but tonally explicit as a violation of his person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the problem, I feel like my biggest issue, for me, my biggest issue with it is that I leave the season not even... Not really, not even remotely being clear whether it was intended as rape or not, mm-hmm. and I think that you could easily have a lot of evidence, kind of in either direction, whether those are whether it seems like it was intended that way. Yeah, you know, because you could say, oh, it wasn't. Clearly, look, listen to the music, look at his snarky line, look at the fact that they barely dealt with it after the fact. Yeah, but you could also say, oh, you know, he clearly didn't want to do it definitionally it's rape he did sort of seem uncomfortable talking about it in the episode the following episode he clearly had no sadness about ontari you know like, yeah it, it's uh, you know it's, so. it, it's complicated 
But it's not the you know, right debate. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, that's the thing. So if, if they purposely were like, we want to talk about this controversial thing, and we're going to purposely make this decision that, very controversially, that it isn't rape. Like, they understand why people might think it is, but are saying, with these characters in this situation, it isn't. And this is something we want to talk about and touch on, and like we might get flack for it, but we think this is interesting. Then at least, again, aesthetically, I would be... Like, okay, you tried something here. Uh. You know, like, you, like, I don't know if I agree with you, but, like, you knew what you were doing. But here's just so ambiguous. Yeah. It's (laughs) too ambiguous. Um, My bigger thing with a lot of the controversial topics is just, uh, I feel like needless controversy. It's not because it, it sparked controversy because... They didn't do enough of a polish on it to realize that it would... It, that that was my interpretation, yeah. anyway. A lot of it feeling like, why would this be controversial? This is just, like, it's our art. It's our aesthetic. Whatever. Yeah. But to not consider the... Like, I feel like the ethics were, a lot of the time, just so brushed off. Yeah. Or just not fully... Like, no one could possibly see it as being harmful. Yeah. And this goes for Lincoln's execution... Mm-hmm. This goes for me for uh, Raven slitting her wrists. Yeah. And it goes for Lexa, probably more than... Yeah. And the, t- uh, the tropic nature of her death scene. Yeah. To me, the Lincoln thing is more... Like, I understand why... That one is I, most yeah. aesthetically justifiable. Yeah, that one is exactly. the one that is borderline. That, that's, that, one that's, of those, that's one yeah. of those ones where I, I could see them maybe thinking about, oh, this might be bad, but being right. like, but it's worth it right. to us. For me as well. Like, but, yeah. but that's the thing yeah. where it's like, okay... Fine, you made that decision, yeah. but it was a controversial decision. Did you handle it correctly? Yeah. Um, yeah. that's behind the scenes thing. Yeah. Who knows? But the the latter two, yeah. I just, I honestly I, don't know if I can stand by them. The Lexa thing. Okay, so we should talk about Lexa. Is that the next thing on the on the yes, list? Yes, it is. Yeah, we should talk about Lexa. I don't even. It was such a huge thing, and it was so painful for so many people, mm. and. I, that I feel like I've, like, I don't even really know what my thoughts are anymore because I've kind of just, like, put it in a box. Like, I can't deal with, I can't handle this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, like, I understand why people were upset and I don't think they meant anything bad by it. It's unfortunate in the broader scheme. It's unfortunate that she had to leave. It, it, at the end of the day, it is a trope and that's problematic. I still think... That she had a pretty good actual death scene. That the combination of her goodbye to Clark in in where she actually died and her f- scenes in the finale, to me, right. I feel like we close off that character so, pretty solidly. I know that not everybody feels that right. way, and I, that the trope is a problem. Right. But so so that's so that's the thing where for for me for us, Lex's conclusion in the finale. Yeah. Or pate- seeming conclusion in the finale. Yeah. That pays off a lot. Yeah. And it helps a lot. But there was so much hurt in the middle that I've seen and looked into and recognized. Yeah. And, and by no means do I want to invalidate people's feelings about yeah. that. And it's just, that that's what I mean of like the good, the aesthetic good that yeah. we keep coming back to. It was just not like put in a place enough where the ethics were just... You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't agree. Okay. Uh, my, my feelings are this. The behind-the-scenes stuff that we've heard about both Ricky Whittle and about the potential queer-baiting stuff, right. those are much more, like, I don't know exactly what happened there, but right. that seems much more directly, yeah, this is a problem. 
Uh, but we're not talking about that. No, no. So just looking at what happened in the episodes, to me, yes, the aesthetics justify it. It's unfortunate that this trope exists and that they fell into it. I do not think they did it on purpose. Uh, but but yeah. to me, we got a really great, powerful, tearful goodbye in that episode where she really died. Right. We got her being a badass at the end. We see that she's important to Clark. And she tied the whole season together with the with taking the chip out of her neck. Right. To me, I... it was... And I really loved the sex scene. I loved their talk in the bed after this. So, like... And I feel like they really honored her throughout the part before she died. You know, as far as, like, throughout the rest of that season, she was facing powerful things, and she was overcoming them, and she was smart, and she was... Right. You know, like... So, that's the thing. Lexa is a character, great. Lexa's relationship to Clark, great. Lexa in the last episode great yeah no problems there my issue is at what point for me justifying of they didn't do it on purpose it was an accident they fell into the trope by accident uh my ability to like justify that for that or to like let it go yeah or to accept that as an excuse i'm starting to lose my patience with that yeah because that's a that's an editing that's a revision that's a truly thinking out what you're writing and their implications mm. that's where that falls flat yeah i mean i don't and, and yes you might be the people might be saying oh but if they just want to write it why it's not their responsibility to think about the implications i don't agree i i think that if you're trying to have a show with a strong focus not strong focus but it's a show that's trying to have a message. Oh, and it's, it, it, like, obviously, they are trying to they are trying to put a positive spin on lesbian relationships, right? Uh, so, or, like, yeah, yeah, they probably should be paying more attention. I don't disagree with that, but I, I don't. I just don't think. So, so, okay, so if we get more directly looking at it, so is the issue that this is that they just that it happens all the time is the issue that it's implying that lesbian sex is bad and gets killed. Gets you killed, yeah. But I mean, because we did have a lesbian sex scene where the person didn't get killed, and I and you know, as much as I don't like that, in some ways it was about Titus. It was in no way a direct correlation between their sex. And, like, like I'm going to kill you because you slept yeah, with the like, commander. It wasn't that. Yeah, that is like, true. And it, it wasn't even intended to. You know, like you know. So I, I don't. Again, it's one of those things where, like, yes, I see the issue in the larger scheme of things. Right. And they probably should have done their research. But but if you just watch the scenes and you only watch the, this show, mm-hmm. I don't think there would be a huge issue. Right. I, and, again, disagree with me if you want to. And I don't think this is, like, I'm again, I don't think this is good. But they were under a lot of constraints. They only had it for so many episodes. And... Again, I feel like that was the episode for them to have sex. So, like, I, I don't disagree yeah, with any like, of that. Again, yeah. I'm 100% with you. If there's one more episode after that, a lot of issues for me personally, not speaking as a person who connected with the representational aspect yeah. of Lexa and Clark's relationship or Lexa herself, one more episode would have done a lot of good. And as the, as the season as a whole, yeah. with Lexa's revol- resolution, fixed a lot of my issues. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> when we're saying, that like what could be improved specifically in what we're saying here oh i agree their handling of this was not good it was bad and if they are going to continue attempting to make waves that or cause discussion you don't want that discussion to be how you fucked up yeah you want it to be about what those implications are we do not watch the show in a vacuum 
again, her death for me where it was mishandled, I'm agreeing with you yeah. on a lot here, yeah. Dan. A lot of what I disagree with is Titus accidentally shot her. It was about yeah. the toxicity of Titus's masculinity. Yeah. It was about, like, that poor, poor, tr- like, that is not the perspective it, yeah. for me that it should have taken. Yeah. That I wanted it to come from. Yeah. There, while her death itself in that moment was great, that precursor, those precursors yeah. are not good. I feel like we've spent a lot of time yeah. on this. Yeah, um, yeah. So. But obviously. It's a it very. Was a con- big, it was a big deal. Yeah, it, it yeah. clearly was. All right, moving on. So Clark's character can be improved a little bit next year, and I think she will be. Yeah. She was just both kind of sidelined for a lot of it, but also, you know, even though she wasn't directly doing that much, she also wasn't shown grieving that much either. And I feel like that, to me, that was kind of too bad. Like, it was was a sad uh, fallout especially given everything that happened with Lexa and people's issues and mm. that I, I i do think that they tried to honor her in the finale but they could have given and there were nice little moments of right. her with the chip and all that yeah. stuff but i just felt like there could have been more it could have been a little bit more especially because yeah. i really don't feel like we're gonna get like anything about that next season. i mean i might be I'm wrong inc- but like i'm inclined to agree yeah um and then uh lastly as much as we praise raven and jasper their arcs endings were kind of weak yeah I, I just feel like jasper i really really loved until the finale and i just felt like we don't know where it's going so i'm not full-on you know saying it was bad but it, it just felt kind of it just kind of ended well that's that's the thing yeah, like, it was like oh was, he took the chip oh my god and yeah. that being in part one and part two but then just that last from stemming with his conversation with monty when he was back yeah Part of that was good, and then it kind of fizzled a little bit, especially yeah. when he walks off, and it was, it really does feel to me like he was supposed to be holding, like, a gun yeah. or something like that. Well, the, the people have said that there was a different cut of the of the finale, like, an end, a different ending. Right. So, so I don't know if that involved him or someone else, but, yeah, that was... Maybe that would have helped a lot, because yeah. it, it, it exactly felt like a non-conclusion yeah. ending. And Raven, you know, after her whole big tumultuous experience with Allie, I just don't, like, yes, she did help defeat Allie, yes, she was so, like, I thought her scene with Monty was really good, but I just don't feel like, given the gravity of what she went through in the middle, that her ending, she was very sidelined. She was not emotionally served. Yeah. 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 All right. It's like Clark, she took the place of Clark in the middle of the season. Yeah. And then Clark took back her place and took it away from Raven. Wait a second, Raven. I'm the main character. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So those are our thoughts. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into our feedback. But before we do, if you want to contact us in the future, you can still send us emails at the100pod at gmail.com. You can check us out. Please, you know, continue to follow us on Twitter at the100podcast. Check out our Tumblr, the100-podcast.tumblr.com. Again, if you want to listen to our stuff from season one and two and our early season three stuff, that's all on Tumblr in the under the podcast episodes tab. Um, also, just please rate us, review us on iTunes, check us out on Google Podcasts. Also, if you want to subscribe to us on iTunes, that might be a good idea, especially because... Uh, you know, now that the season's over and we've done everything, we're probably not going to 
have another episode in for like months and months and months. Yeah. But we might have something pop up here and there. And so if you're subscribed, then it will show up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I- I'm expecting maybe we'll do a lot, like one or two before season four starts. Yeah. So. And, and one of the things that I'm thinking now, we've been considering doing an Ex Machina podcast for yeah. um, one of our other podcasts. Podcast, yeah. But I feel like it might fit better with the hundred. Hmm. That might be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if we do an Ex Machina podcast, we might upload it in two places, one of which is here. And it's a great movie, I hear. So Word on the street. Word on the street is. I, I feel um, Isaiah Washington mentioned it, too. Was he talking about the movie or Or was he concept? talking about the concept? I was unclear on I that. haven't re-listened yes. to it, but y'all should. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> okay. Shall we get into our emails? Great. All right. So our first email is from D. So, Dee's email is actually in response to the episode Red Sky at Morning. Which was the Big Luna episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she had sent it after we had recorded that one, I believe, and then we haven't done feedback in a while. So, here we go. Yeah. All right. Hello, Dan and Olga. I have some feedback that I hope you will find informative after your last podcast. I find myself cringing every time you bring up race because, although I'm sure you mean well, you don't seem quite as informed as you need to be about the way people of color, specifically Women of color and specifically black women are portrayed in media. I found the death of Shay to be very problematic and unnecessary. And maybe it seems like a small thing, but here's why it's not. Dan dismissed this as being okay because they kill a bunch of white guys a couple of scenes later. But this completely ignores the context of racism and sexism in media and the lack of black females on this show. Killing a bunch of white guys is in no way comparable because white men are extremely well represented in media. So, of course, it doesn't phase anyone to see a bunch of white extras die. But black women are so rare in science fiction that it's easy as a black woman to be hyper aware of even the smallest bit of representation. The problem is we always end up dead. You could argue, well, they may not have intended to cast a black woman specifically, so it's not fair to call this one out. But again, you'd be dismissing the larger issue, which is why I want to address why that argument doesn't hold weight. Can we pause for one second? Yeah. All right. So, uh, first of all, I'm I'm sorry if we've in any way been... Dismissive. Dismissive or ignorant. Uh, you know, we're trying our best, and we thank you for the feedback, and uh, I do think it will help educate us a little bit. I, I do want to throw and sort of clarify my my statements here and the the main thing is that first of all i think there should be a lot more black women in tv and that they shouldn't always die obviously but my my thing was when i was comparing the number of deaths was more about that i don't think they're disproportionately killing more people of color than they are that they're killing lots of white people too and so that that particular decision of killing them i don't think is a racist decision the bigger issue is that there aren't enough positives mm-hmm. to balance it out right. of we have black women surviving. Right. And so I, I see where you're coming from and why you would find that problematic. To me, the problem is more where are the positives. And I, I guess you could make the argument that in the meantime, while we don't have the positives, don't have the negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, which I can understand that, especially from your point of view. I just... I, I get into this weird decision, this weird place where it's like you're where you're influencing artists, and 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 it comes to this point where like you don't want them to feel like oh I'm being racist to kill this character because you know if that's the what they want to write mm-hmm. and and you just you know you don't want it to be like oh if you're, because there are so few black people 
they have to have nothing bad happen and everything have to have it happy. You know, it gives them the same thing with like, like Lexa where it's like, yes, it is a problem that we don't have more happy endings for lesbian couples, but at the same time that puts writers in a really tough position Mm -hmm. because maybe that wasn't the story they didn't want, they wanted to tell. Right. And, and you also don't want to end up with like a boring, you know, almost Mary Sue type. Right. It's a really difficult situation. That that line is definitely difficult to find. And especially since it's like the, uh, having people of color, women of color, black women of color be normalized as Mm. a part of, like entertainment yeah. and in characters that also normalizes bad things happening to them in, in a way that's different from normalizing a trope. Yeah. Like the, normalizing a trope is obviously not good, but normalizing like anything can happen to anyone. Mm. That's as long as yeah. there's enough to balance it out. And that balance is very yeah. difficult. And it is, it is all, in general. Also, this show is complicated because, uh, it's it makes for me personally it makes it harder for me to criticize oh you don't have a lot of black women specifically because they do in general have so much more diversity than most shows right where i'm like yes it would be great if they had more black women but it's hard for me to be like oh it's a problem that they don't have more black women because in general they have a lot of diversity right so like i don't know it's yeah it's It's definitely difficult it's like we want we praise the show for its diversity and then when that diversity has like le- goes into trope. Yeah, because there's territory. there's always going to be some group that isn't being served, whether it's like not enough elderly or not enough trans. Like, like, and yes, it, it would be great if the show had more trans people. And in general, is a problem that there aren't, or, or a, a trans person. Uh, and in general, there's not enough on television in general. But I'm not going to be like, oh, the show is problematic for not having a trans person. You know, like, right? It, it's a weird. Yeah, no, I see yeah. what you're saying. It's yeah. it's it's such a difficult debate in so many. So it's happening so much in our culture and in our dialogue yeah. that when a show is so close to like having it right yeah. and does so much right, yeah. so much good, that when it does not so good, it's like, why you were supposed to be yeah. the, the savior kind yeah. of thing. I, it did, I did realize, though, if, as I think about it, if they did have a one-off side trans character and they killed them right away... Yeah, that would be a problem. So maybe, I mean, the fact uh, Indra exists and isn't perfect, but I guess the fact that Indra exists, to me, like, if they, it, it, there are so, so, so few trans characters, but I guess maybe I, I'm not as aware of the the lack of black women as I should be. Right, right. Um, um, all right, I'm going to finish this email, yeah, and yeah. you had a good question <laughs> yeah, from yeah. our discussion earlier that yeah. would will be good all right so uh number one first of all it would have taken the same amount of effort to write a scenario that doesn't end up with a dead female character and yet have a much more positive emotional impact she could have been knocked out instead of shot or the wound could have turned out to be non-fatal she was not a big enough character for her death to be worth any more than shock value and killing off black women for shock value on a show where we are not heavily represented, is harmful and actually very racist. Allowing her to live is an easy change to the narrative that does not result in huge financial or artistic sacrifice, but at the end of the day does not add another body to the pile of black women on television. A positive outcome for even a minor one-off character can go a long way, and it requires very little effort. Unfortunately, with this point, Shay's death was vital artistically. Yeah, and I assume... That D sent this before she yeah. knew that yeah, it really, really affected Gasper's arc. Arc, yeah. Um, I, I don't know that that would change D's opinion because it's right. still it's still valid for 
so many other characters in so many other situations. Yeah, and, and it's still killing off a person of color to motivate this white guy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't... Uh, so one thing I was thinking about with this is, so when the character of Shay was conceived, let's say stripped of race for a second, right? The character's existence was to connect with Jasper and then die. Yeah. So that Jasper would be motivated. Right. Which in and of itself may be an issue. We'll talk about that in a second. Right. But that was their purpose. So my question then becomes, is it worse to have then just cast a white girl for this? And then not have the white representation at all of mm-hmm. the black woman, or is it worse to have cast them in this particular role? It's neither option is good, right? I don't. So I don't. You so know, that's the question I, of like, I, what is the correct choice? Yeah, is there a correct choice? Well, you know, it kind of reminds me of some of the debates people have been having about Marvel uh, and characters' races and stuff, where mm-hmm. it's like, is it better for? Iron Fist to be Asian and be a stereotype. Right. Or just to be white, and then they're not stereotyping Asian. But it could be um, (laughs) just like, oh, it's mystifying and... Yeah. yeah. So, but, I don't know, it's just an interesting... It is, and that's... We've had this debate so much, specifically recently about Iron Fist. Yeah. Um, All right, two... Even when we are cast in major roles, we still end up dead. Even with their name plastered on the poster, black women are still often written or killed off major genre shows and movies. Rue from The Hunger Games, Tara Thornton from True Blood, and most recently Abby Mills from Sleepy Hollow. Abby was the lead female character, and they still didn't know what to do with her. She was sidelined for most of the second season of the show and killed off at the end of the third season. Tara was not only a dark-skinned black woman, but a queer character shown to have relationships with both men and women, but she was killed off-screen between seasons. That's really bad. That's terrible. That's yeah. really bad. No not, and I, that. to be honest, I hated that character, but that's still, like, what are you doing? That was a major character. <laughs> I've never seen it. As for um, Sleepy Hollow, didn't that actress want to leave? Yeah, I, I'm a little... I mean, we don't watch the show, right. so we don't really know exactly what's happening, but she did... I, as far as I knew, she was like, I'm done. She, did, and, But and, she and, didn't have to be killed, necessarily. Yeah, Nece- I mean, again, we yeah, don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. And, and I do wonder if, because I don't know the circumstances, they mentioned she was sidelined before. Maybe she wanted to leave because of how she was being treated. Maybe. So who yeah. knows? I yeah. don't know. All right. Rue's death was the ultimate sacrificial lamb trope, the innocent person of color that has to die in order to progress the white hero's story. No matter how major or minor the role, the list of dead black females in sci-fi slash fantasy far outweighs the list of ones with happy endings. The idea that in genres like these, people die, and that is just part of the world they live in, doesn't actually apply when you are not being represented sufficiently. How can a show claim to be accurately depicting black women in death if it does not actively depict black women in life? I don't want to be represented in death if I can't also be represented through life and through heroic and happy em- endings. So that sounds like that that her answer would be just cast the white girl then. Potentially. Yeah. And that's fine if that's yeah. your opinion. I just think We're just inter- curious. I just think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is something that had been bothering me since listening to your podcast, and I really felt it needed to be said. Even in your first podcast about the death of Wells, I had wanted to say something then, because black men in sci-fi, although much more present than black women, still die at disproportionate rates. But I also felt like I had to do, had to now, the more time I invest into your podcast. I mean, you wouldn't dismiss the death of Lexa with the argument that the show kills a lot of straight characters, so why is it fair to dismiss the concerns of black people? 
And please do not throw Indra at me as it means to derail my point because A, tokenism, B, I have my own issues with Indra as a character, which is a whole other conversation. C, it doesn't explain the lack of black female delinquents and grounders and women of color in general. D, all that means is that out of the three black women of note on the show, Nigel, who is from season one, Mm. um, she played like the black market dealer person. Yeah. Um, Indra and Shay, two out of the three are dead. Um, Uh, I'm still unclear about Nigel's whereabouts i assume she's dead, i assume I she's dead there's so few arcadians yeah. left and we haven't seen her um and so many of them really did die if she just appeared next season <laughs> be like i'm back <laughs> as someone starving for representation i ask you that you do not dismiss these issues when brought to your attention and even if you don't fully understand or relate respect that these are legitimate concerns that fans like me have for shows like this I enjoy the podcast and will continue to enjoy the podcast as long as I'm invested in this show. So please don't take this feedback as negative, but as informative. Thanks for reading, D. Um, Definitely, we don't want to, again, we don't want to be dismissive of this. We do come at it from a different perspective as a form of our circumstances getting representation. So I appreciate the feedback. I I was thinking more about Wells, and I'm just, I don't know, I'm, I'm stuck in this... This, I, I don't know how I feel about Wells specifically because I do feel like there are a lot more black guys, like you mentioned, there's a lot more black guys. Yeah. And I, I, I am uncomfortable. I, I get where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, I, I was, my, my, maybe just, I don't remember exactly what I said on the podcast, but the first time I ever saw the episode, I was like, oh, that was a great moment. They kind of just killed the black guy first. Yes, they killed the white guy the same episode, but like, that's still... It falls it's, into that trap. I, I was like, oh. But at the same time, I feel very uncomfortable being like, they can't kill him because otherwise it's racist. I, I, I That seems... I, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know how to feel about that, uh, you know? Right. So I appreciate your feedback, you know? Feel yeah. free to write in more. Uh, yeah. You know. We actually, on the topic of, like, killing women on the show, mm. we've both called out a lot, like, sometimes it feels like they're killing a lot of women. Yeah. And... In our like discussion, a bit so much of it does relate to like motivating uh, male, male action and yeah. male like development, and that would be like fridging women. Yeah. Um. But you also brought up an interesting point about Lincoln motivating it, Octavia. Like Lincoln's death motivates Octavia. It, it completely alters her character in a way. Right. Uh, you know, it doesn't. Again, similar to the the thing with black women it, i i'm getting i'm understanding more now that like just because there is an example of the other thing it doesn't the, the underlying problem is that women are being fridged at a much more intense rate right um i, I do try to take it from the perspective of the specific show mm-hmm. and what it has done and i think it's before this season i didn't feel like it was doing it i, I might have to look back at like all the deaths and think about it more right I, but definitely Gia was clearly, like, a very clear yeah, example Gina of Yeah, Gina was definitely fridged. Um, yeah, and, you know, that, that sucked. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that there are some missteps that they make. They mm-hmm. do a lot of great things, but they make some mistakes, too. Right. And, and it, it does get into this difficult area, because, especially in a world like this, a lot of times people are motivated by death. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and... People have to die, and there are going to be side characters. So Uh, it's like the circumstances, not circumstance, but like the rules of this universe and the rules of this show. Yeah. It limited, they limit it to like what has to happen. 
which unfortunately in the real world can also limit it to what it will tropically fall yeah. into. Because also, well, now I'm thinking about it too, like Clark has been motivated by Finn's death and by her dad's death. You know, like right. it's not, you know, it, it is a general, to me, it's always been that to fix this issue, we just need more in general. The main thing we need to do is get more females out there yeah. because the, it, the problem is that it's, People don't aren't very intelligent and aren't very creative, and mm-hmm. that most people are motivating characters by the death of another character. And most characters are men. So, you know, most protagonists that are going to be motivated are guys. And so if we have more people like Clark, they're going to be more motivated by their dad dying and by Finn, you know, like stuff yeah. like that. And so... So then it could be, <sighs> like, it won't stand out as much yeah. because it's just happening yeah. in and, and a lot of ways. So much of the issues get fixed just by having more women of color, more women in positive roles, and then the negative roles don't stand out as much. Right. And they just become like... A part of the status quo, which is exactly why, like, the normality of whatever happening with, like, black... uh, Not black, sorry, like, white males. It's like, yeah, because it's everywhere. So let's... So there needs to be more of the other so we don't... So everyone gets what they want. It all does come back to that, that debate about, so then, while the good isn't happening... Do you cut out the bad? And I don't know how I feel. I don't know either. All right. Oh, there's a P.S. I could not find a source, but Nadia Hilker, the actress who plays Luna, is apparently half Tunisian and indeed a person of color. Cool. All righty. We weren't sure. If anybody else has a source, let us know. Cool. All right. So this next email is from Kalar. Hi, Dan and Olga. A very good season with an exciting finale. Not so much a cliffhanger as as the episodes seem to just stop. Even so... They set up season four with an impossible predicament, but as Clark says, we'll figure it out, we always do. I just don't know how, lol. I was thrilled to see Lexa again and see her and uh, Clark have some measure of closure. We get a hug and then a kiss and an I I love you. Aw, love that. But does it make up for Lexa's death? Not for me. If they had to kill her off, it still rankles how they did it and with a few tweaks could have made it so much better. If only Klexa made love at the end of Watch the Thrones, the scenes in the subsequent episodes would have had a much deeper meaning. In other words, we would have had a longer time period of uh, Klexa actually being a relationship rather than one minute of screen time, and they wouldn't have killed her off immediately after them having sex for the first time. Having Lexa take the bullet for Clark wouldn't have hurt either. If they had done those things, which, by the way, would have had no effect on the budget... The reunion at the end of the season would have been that much more satisfying. I want to pause there. Mm-hmm. Say I totally get that point of view. Yeah, I totally get it. I just think I, I really liked how it arced to when they had sex and that it felt natural. Yeah, but it needed that episode. <laughs> you know, yeah, and that's the and and, and again maybe. It, it probably would have been, I, I think I've said before, it probably would have been worth it to make it less natural and have them have sex and watch the thrones, even if that felt a little rushed. In the long term, that probably would have been worth it. Yeah. Uh, if it was a question of, like, ideally if we could have her for one more episode, then yeah. it could have happened, yeah. the sex scene could have happened the way it did, but then the death put off an episode. Yeah. If they would have had to, like, this many episodes, then maybe it would have yeah. been worth it. And it's also one of those things where, the scenes between Walk the Thrones and this episode where she died, they basically seem like they're together anyway. So Right, that's <laughs> true. Like, How many times did they go in and out of each other's rooms? Yeah, <laughs> drawing her and like, yeah. yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Uh, also, I fully expect to see Lexa get killed again. In the, oh, I fully expected to see Lexa <laughs> yeah. get killed again in the finale. I honestly don't think she's gone because those attackers would have disappeared when Clark hit the kill switch. See, you guys, you and her both seem to agree that it went really quickly. I feel like with that many people, Lexa would have, they had a long discussion about, should we pull this? Should we not pull this? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um... Uh, being that Lexa is a badass warrior, I imagine she would have been able to hold them off for several minutes. I think they let it left it ambiguous because they're not sure if they can get uh, Alicia Debra to carry back, so they left the door open just in case. Thank you, show. I loved the Allie story, and it's what kept me watching through the end of the season. Join or die was her... Uh, was her limited parameter, so I guess she couldn't really give human beings a choice. Uh, she said 3% were refusing, so 97% wasn't 100%. Wow, I'm confused about that. So she needed to get 100% of people in the City of Light, yeah. and she had 97% of people in the City of Light. So the 3% were the ones who she ended up like crucifying yeah. and keeping in the ju- dungeon. So she wasn't going to give up until those 3% mm. were in the City of Light. However, I just don't know how dead bodies killed by numerous meltdowns would save the human race. You still need actual physical bodies to procreate, um, but they would never die in the City of Light. Yeah, so, that's, so you wouldn't need to... Yeah. Seeing Becca again was great, if only to see Erica Kara play both parts. Kudos to her for doing an amazing job with, all, with that all season. I'll miss the actress. I want to point out also that it was also good to see Becca again because it kind of completed her arc. Mm-hmm. Um, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, Allie in her City of Light uh, needed to get terminated. Clark, you didn't have to take four fucking ever to pull the lever because yep. you knew all along what <laughs> needed to be done. But I guess you had to explain it to Allie a little in little ones, ones and, and zeros. Two, ones and zeros. <laughs> Love you, babe. You're the computer guy. I know. I'm. Uh, I'm just. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Thank you. Uh, show for saving all our people except Pike. I was never on board with his character, even after they showed some of his backstory. They should have been that should have been done earlier on, and I think a minor change. Um, that I think yeah, a minor change could have gone a long way. Let's say Gina was a close relative of Pike's, using a different actress, of course. Then when Gina gets killed, this would have super upset D. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> then when Gina gets killed, it would explain why he went so ballistic in addition to his experiences with the Ice Nation. I'll throw out it would have also helped if we got some flashbacks to what actually happened to them instead of just heard about how bad it was. Oh yeah, yeah. that would have been uh, pretty good. Although some of those stories were like harrowing. Yeah. With Gina being Bellamy's girlfriend, he could have been swept up in the drama. That I would have accepted for both characters. But now Pike's dead. Thanks, thanks Octavia. Bye-bye, Pike. May we never meet again. Rest, <laughs> in, rest in peace, Lincoln and Sinclair. You'll be missed in season two. No, you know, if, if season, season two, two is a 10 out of 10 and season one is an 8, I will put this season at a 7. Wow. Take care. May we meet again next season. I mean, that's actually something I want to talk about. We didn't. We were going to review it, and I feel like I do want, kind of want to talk about okay, it in comparison to the other shows. Sure. Um, seasons. Yeah, the other seasons, yeah. Um, here's the thing. I think this is a more flawed season than season two. I yeah. do not think it's a more flawed season than season one. Um, but at the same time, each individual episode, I think I liked better and might have actually been of higher quality than the season two episodes. Mm. There, hmm. I, to, my feeling is this. I think the highs are higher 
and the lows are lower. With the only exception of the highs being higher being the finale of season two. Right. I, I think the finale okay. of season two is very high. But otherwise, I think the rest of that season is really good, but is not at the highs aren't as high as the highs of season three. Um, Interesting. And that the unfortunate them shoving in so many things and the pacing issues and the controversies huh. have kind of overshadowed the fact that this show, I think, in a lot of ways got better this season. And that, I mean, people might disagree, hmm. um, but. I definitely enjoyed watching this season more than I enjoyed watching season two. Oh, you did? I did, yeah. In, in what ways do you feel like it got better in season three? <sighs> I just think... Uh, I'll say... Oh, I'll throw out this the, uh, against my argument for a second. I think Clark, <laughs> Clark definitely did not get better in season yep. <laughs> three. But I just felt like there was just a lot more philosophy going on throughout the whole thing. A lot more allegory. There was just mm-hmm. a lot more going on in general, which was a detriment, but was also... There was so much going on, you know? Yeah. And I think that the way they handled so many of the characters, Bellamy excluded, was so good, and Monty got more, and I think that Raven's highs were so high, and Hmm. were probably higher than last season. Um, For Hmm. me, it's a debate, Um, especially because last season, remember, they kind of just forgot about the fact that he was hurt. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Yeah. And she has a really good start to the seasons and not great ends of the seasons. Right. Uh, you yeah. Know, and the whole Finn thing to me is comparable to the Bellamy thing. So I like, you know, and yeah. okay. I don't, I don't know. To me, some, I can't, it's hard for me to decide. There's something about it. I don't know if it was, it was kind of the politics. I think Polis really helped. I think it did. the, the, the argument. I, I, I mean, I think Pike is much better than Cage. Oh, uh, I, I really like Dante. I was going to say, like, yeah, Pike is better than Cage, but we don't have a Dante this season. But Dante is kind of, I don't know, we have Jaha for Dante, maybe? I don't maybe. know. <laughs> Your voice got really high fish. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. You know, in that case, I would change the scale. Like, if there is no 10 out of 10... Yeah, I don't think there's a ten. Well, there are moments. There are lots. There, no, no, no. In but like, as an overall, season, yeah, there are. 10 there's out a of ten 10s. out of ten more yeah. moment, including season one, two, and three, yeah. all three. Yeah. Um, but the level of ten out of ten is higher. Yeah. In okay, so I would put like season two as a nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. I can see what you mean about. It's would... so hard because I binge season two. Now I feel like I have to rewatch the whole show again. Oh God, you, you're <laughs> gonna do that alone. Um. <laughs> Cause season three, I would put it season three as an eight out of ten. Yeah, that seems about right. And then season one is a seven out of that's, ten. So that like, also seems the about fact right. is that these are still like upper echelon ratings. Well, the problem here's the problem with season one is that it got so much better that it's hard to grade what it is overall. Yeah, because I do feel like. Seven sounds Ooh. about right, but the end, but there are some really good points really in season great. one. Yeah, really great like, stuff. And uh, yeah, so it's hard to me. No, I can't. I can't say season one is a seven. I have to really. Say, it's a six. I have to say it. No, I have to say it's like an eight. Eight. Maybe. Because think about so it. So you'd put it on the same level as <sighs> season three. It's hard for me to decide. It's. I don't know. Like I, here's here's my opinion about. Sorry, you were going to yeah. say something. It, it's. Season three, I definitely think, is better than season one uh-huh. overall. But I still feel like seven almost sounds too low for season one. When you think about Murphy's banishment and the torture and oh. day trip and the finale and... 
uh, just, uh, I don't know. And, and the culling. Yeah, the culling. Come on, man, the culling. The culling. The culling was so good. So I, I don't, well, seven and a half. I was going to say, <laughs> in that case, I feel like I would put season one as seven and a half, yeah. put season three as an eight, and yeah. then put season two as a nine. Yeah, I can agree with that. And then obviously moments where, like, everything hits a ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I would say, like, with season one, the beginning was weak and the ending, not, like, super weak, because, again, yeah. the culling was fairly early, but the begin like, it grew stronger as episodes went on. Yeah. Season two was, like... I would say it was strong throughout. Yeah. But there were certain things that were just consistent letdowns. Okay. Like not what? like consistent, <laughs> but like there was always a fairly, not always, always, but like fairly often enough there was some sort of letdown. Also like small plot hole things, a little yeah. redundancy, more filler, a little filler. Like there was more filler. There was in more two. filler in season that two. That is one of the ways where I felt like season three was stronger. So that, yeah. So yeah. that's it. There was more filler in season two. Lincoln was all over the place in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then season three. Three, it was had a solid beginning and a solid end, and yeah. then the middle was a little shaky. Obviously, with exceptions mid episode, yeah. like in the episodes. So I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. I, I just that's just like roughly how I distribute yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Like these but... are all really great grades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. How do you give it letter grade? For this season? For all of this. For all of it. Um, season one, I would give a B. Ah. I think that seems about right. I want to throw in that I think season three, as far as allegory and philosophy, infinitely beats oh. out season one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They um, actually have it a lot yeah, more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so B for season one. Season two, an A. I think I'd have to say an A. Not an A+, plus, but an A. Uh-huh. Um, parts of it were A plus, but right, of maybe, maybe an A, maybe an A minus overall. So then, if if Something, season two is an A minus, then what's season three? Season three, that's the problem. Is I, I to me, it is the season with the most disparity between the lows and the highs. Yes, yeah. and so I don't even really know what you grade that kind of thing. I, I guess I'm aiming for a B plus. Um, I think I might rank it like B for season one, and then. Maybe even a B plus. I might just like move everything up. Like yeah. B plus for season one, season two is an A, and then season three is an A minus. Yeah. Like as far the same as thing. I mean, let's think about it. As far as if you're saying like season two was really really great, and you entered into season three, and you're like, how can they live up to it? It could have got a lot worse. Yeah. It's, this this is not a bad season. It's a troubled season. Yeah. But it's not a bad season. Yeah. yeah. All right, so our next email is from Shahin. Hi, guys. It's been a while. I really enjoyed your analysis of the finale. I'm glad you guys loved it because I did too. A lot of people are disappointed with the finale, but I'm happy that we got the ending that subverted expectations, and I loved all the Ali stuff. I'm really glad that we finally got insight into Ali's perspective and what and why she's been doing what she's been doing. Honestly, she makes a lot of sense. In your podcast, you seem you said that overpopulation seems like a bullshit threat. But I just wanted to say that, no offense, but your reaction must be exactly what frustrated Allie the first time around. Hold on for a second. When you said that, I was like, I don't know what she's talking about, and I just let it go. <laughs> I just want to point that out. That's all me, baby. 
Yeah. All right. Overpopulation is a very real threat. There are currently 7 billion people in the world. According to some estimates, if all 7 plus billion of us were to enjoy a European standard of living, which is about half the consumption of the average American, the Earth could sustainably support only about 2 billion people. The world population is growing exponentially, and as it grows and standards of living rise, the resources get depleted further and further, exacerbating the problem. Fossil fuels will run out and rare minerals will be impossible to find. Deforestation due to excessive farming will put the ecosystem on the path of destruction. That's not to mention climate change and the death and suffering that it brings. In the year 2052, when Ali launched the nukes, the situation could only have been worse. I wouldn't be surprised if Ali's simulations back in 2052 projected that humanity had less than a year to pass the point of no return. Can we not say that? Because that's not that far off. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Being the point where all likely scenarios end with the total annihilation of the human race and many other species. Ali then proposed that we take immediate action and reduce population, which is not really that different from what Kane suggested back on the Ark. Remember his original plan before they found volunteers was to suffocate 300 people in their sleep and make it look like an accident in order to preserve oxygen. Can I pause again? No. no. That being said, <laughs> you cannot. That being said, I don't think that launching nuclear missiles would have been the best way to reduce population. But my point is that the very that the threat of overpopulation must have been very real because it is real for us in our world. Now you can speak, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so first of all, that was horrifying, and I totally agree with you. I just let her keep going because I was just like, I don't even know what she said. I will justify <laughs> myself in a minute. <laughs> right. Secondly, uh, I think, yeah, you, you were, I agree with you, using nukes, not a best idea, especially, so did he screw up in some way? Because it definitely wasn't a smart idea, because now we know it's going to destroy the entire world. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah. Okay, so here's my justification (laughs) that I should have done a better job explaining. So all of the things you list here as, like, individual results of overpopulation, like running out of fossil fuels, deforestation, everything like that. Um, The way I see it is, oh, what Allie could have done, instead of directly addressing... It's people yeah. are being like, all right, let's put our effort into finding alternative fuel source. Like, that's yeah. what I mean as, like, the threat of ha- us having a lot of people is to do this. Yeah. So instead of, like, killing a bunch of people. Yeah. Or reducing standard of living further is, like, putting the effort in to make the changes. Yeah. Maybe not reducing standard of living further, because God knows yeah. we are wasteful <laughs> in this country and many countries in the developed world. But um, exactly that, of, like, putting the effort into the long-term solution. Yeah, the, wor- the way you worded it last week, and the reason I kind of let it go, was because I think what you, I, the way I took it was it's a more long-term, it's not immediate. Exactly. Uh, the way he's wording it makes it seem more immediate. I hope he's wrong, because <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> but, um, uh, I'm with you on that. But that's what I mean, of, like, Ali could have done a lot more indirect stuff. Yeah. But no, she directly went for, let's kill everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get you to the end. Okay. My phone closed down, so there we go. All right. (laughs) The second point I want to make was that I totally agree with you that Allie's excuse for not telling people sounded pretty dumb and unconvincing. But then again, it seems that in the end she was right. When she tells people the truth about the inevitable future that's awaiting them, what do the short-sighted and prideful homo sapiens do? They just ignore her, just like Clark and Becca did, twice. Pause they- there. Okay. <laughs> um, they're special. 
They're special most people ladies. Would, most people would immediately run away. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's, I think that's the thing. It wouldn't work for everybody, but if you gave people the choice... And that was then Clark's our, point of view. Yeah, then a bunch of people would have said yes. Yeah. yeah. See you in the city of light, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, they just lock her away or delete her code because humans don't like to hear the fact that humans destroyed the Earth and because they don't see the future as vividly as she does. So while I think she should have shared the information before, I'm not sure if people would have lined up for the chip upon hearing it, especially grounders who understand neither nuclear meltdown nor mind uploading. I also like that Allie had a personal story to tell as part of her explanation. I think I'm totally obsessed with Allie. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Really good point. Uh, you know what's interesting? When we talked with Isaiah Washington, he was talking about his relationship with Allie. Oh, yeah. And it made me think that I kind of wish that had been developed more and that he, like, straight up, like, cared about him. Maybe not, oh. like, I'm not necessarily, like, saying, like, in love, but maybe, who knows. But, like, I, I, I just, and I, in some ways I respect them that at the end of the day they, that he was... 95% just a program. That there was a little bit of, like, things here and there, but yeah. it really felt like mostly she was a program, not yeah. a real AI. Yeah. And then that, and that is not what most people usually do, and so in some ways I respect that. Mm -hmm. But in other ways, to make her a more fulfilling character, something small like that, like, he actually grew attached to Jaha. Mm -hmm. I think... Yeah, you guys, been, we're not gonna yeah. say what it is he reveals, but, like... Y'all need to listen to that podcast just to hear about what he says is his favorite moment, yeah, his yeah. favorite scene from this season. Because, yeah, yeah. damn, that was cool. I really loved it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, should I read the last one or do you want to? You can read it. Okay. Is it the last one? I'm talking a lot. Go ahead. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So, it is an email from Barrington the Dr. Dog. And this is actually, like, several emails put together. I'm going to read it. Okay, Dan. <laughs> thanks. Damn. Uh, hi, Dolga. We made it. As a doctor, I love the recall to Matt Weather transfusion. Really, tis more like dialysis of the night blood into Clark and how it would temporarily protect her from the deleterious. There we go. This is why I wanted to read it. <laughs> deleterious effects of the flame. Also, super cool how Abby cracked open Ontari's chest and pumped her effing heart by hand. I've only ever read stories about that from doctors a few generations ago. I've never seen it actually happen, but this looks plausible. I have only a few minor medical and hygienic nitpicks that aren't worth mentioning. Loved it. <laughs> I wanted to bring up an issue that had been bugging me all season. Allie coerces people ever since Raven slit her wrists. But I want to clear up what consent means, at least in the medical world. There are three components to medical consent. One, you must have the mental capacity to make the decision. Two, you must be informed of and understand the risks and benefits of both the treatment and the reasonable alternatives. Three, you must voluntarily grant consent without coercion or duress. Being asked to consent to something while your mother is being hanged in front of you qualifies as duress. Uh... Clark finally addresses what had been bugging me all season, that despite Allie's line at the beginning, a line in the middle of the season about being unable to co overcome free will, Allie absolutely coerces people and takes away their choice. Clark says as much to Jasper, she took away our choice, human beings have free will. It was the only time this season that this was directly addressed, and for me, it was a major distraction all season. Would you would love to hear what you think about this? Okay, so let's pause there. Uh huh. Um, and I want to say I apologize to Barrington that we weren't able to ask this question to Jaha to, 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 
Isaiah, because uh, she had asked us to ask this, and we just ran out of time. Yeah. But um, it's an interesting question, and I feel like I need to rewatch the scenes in the middle of the season where she talks with Jaha, or Jaha convinces her of it this. It really does feel like he had as much influence on Ali as Ali had on him in terms of, like, how to get people into the city of yeah. light. He used his knowledge of leadership, I think, a yeah. lot. Um, I think it's interesting because the only explanation I have, because I totally agree with you, she does not... You, like, no, this is she, not consent. Yeah, she, she's yeah, co- she is coercion. coercion. Um, so... My only idea I can think of is that her code isn't specific enough about what that means. Mm-hmm. And that she can't... When she, when she says they have to consent, it means that I can't force it down their throat. They have to say, yes, I will put this in my mouth. Yeah. And that that is the only real parameter. Yeah. And that and the way that, that get you get there is up to you. Yeah. Um, so that seems like an over... That seems like Becca kind of screwed up there. But <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie doodle. Yeah. All right. Continue, Dan. Yeah. Poor Clark. She never catches a break. She has to do everything, including saving the world, but no one recognizes everything she's been through. Everyone unloads on her. Um, the love of her life doesn't even say I love you back in farewell. Ooh. Yeah, well, that's because of some editing, it seems like. Oh, boy. As Clexa uh, fans were... Uh, as Clexa fans, we were. I think she means her and her partner. Uh, we're a little let down by Klexa, uh, the Klexa aspect of this episode. Mostly not enough Klexa. However, we recognize it couldn't it couldn't possibly have lived up to our, or really anyone's, expectations. I believe that Rothenberg was probably upset that people didn't recognize his genius, upset that they wouldn't have patience with the show to wait until the finale, and so at first wasn't super empathetic with the backlash for 307. But overall, Clark still owns this show, and the finale was an amazing episode for Clark, even if she gets no rest. And we're bitten by the sh- and we're bitten by the show and big fans of Clark. So as much as we'd like to give it up, we can't. We will be watching it next season and looking forward to your podcast. Okay, so uh, this next part is another email from the same person uh, from a few days later, and they said we didn't have to read this on the podcast, but I want to read it on the podcast because I have a response that I think is important to talk about. So, um, and it's, I think it's an interesting point of view, so let's yeah. go. So, um, Clark's friends did not seem to know about the nature of her relationship with Lexa, meaning she was essentially in the closet. Now that Lexa is presumably gone for good, if Clark moves on to Bellamy or another guy, her queerness, though not erased, will be even more invisible than before. Does a relationship between a straight man and a bi woman qualify as a queer relationship? I'd argue no, because it perfectly fits the heteronorm, and no one would question it as anything but. Perhaps this isn't important to people, but is another potential wound to those of us who have so few characters in mass media who reflect us. This paucity is part of what fueled the volume... paucity? I don't know this word. <laughs> You're smarter than me, Barrington. What did she say? It says paucity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I I'm... thought you made a mistake and said this possibly. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Barrington's just smart. Okay. Um... Isn't Barrington the name of your dog? I find it funny that we're <laughs> saying that your dog is yeah, smarter than us. Funny. Okay. Um, this paucity is part of what fueled the volume of outrage over Lex's death. Not saying that characters must be written to cater to specific minorities, but part of the reason for diversity in media is to lend realism to depiction. And our real world absolutely includes LGBT people. That it? Yeah. All right. So here's the thing. Um... 
Clark is still by no matter what. And I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, but I do want to say, first of all, I don't know what the, like, generally accepted feeling from, from bi community is about whether their relationship with, if they're a woman with a guy, is whether that's considered a queer relationship or not. Uh, I, I will say from my point of view, I, my first assumption would be, that's not a queer relationship, but the character is still queer. And there's still a bi character on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... That you have to service the bi, the, the you know the bi community just as much as you know Barrington is talking about the lesbian community, mm-hmm. and that therefore to make it so that Clark can't date guys is it's, a problem. It's just as negative representation yeah. as having her only date guys if she's yeah bi. That being said, like I'm not. Judging back to no, all. nor like, am I, I judging yeah. people who are bi, by the way, who choose like who have only actually they yeah, self identify yeah. as bi, but have actually only had like heterosexual or homosexual yeah. relationships. It's your life, yeah. I so I, I think now I do want to address the was she in the closet thing because mm-hmm. that's a weird added complication that the show gets from the fact that they don't want to talk about labels at all. Mm-hmm. Um is that they just don't talk about it. Yeah. And that that did leave a weird thing where it's like, I think I think Bellamy knows. I think a few of the people know. They know how, she, given how she reacted, I think a few of them know. Yeah. Like, it seemed like Luna knew, right? She figured it out. Yeah. Uh, like, some people know, they just don't talk about it because they would ever be like, you were with Alexa? But What? Yeah. But it would have helped to hear Clark maybe say, I loved her in front of her friends, or Mm -hmm. say, cry to her mom that, you know, about her loving her or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it's a weird thing that it's, like, sort of a secret, but but I don't think it's purposeful from the writing point of view. Yeah. It's a secret because they don't want to make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Um, But that ends... That so much of their time together was private. Yeah. Unlike Miller and Brian. Who were our couple before the art came down. I I mean, I think given Nyla, given Miller and Brian and how people interact with them, I think it's clear that in the society and the society they have, it wouldn't be a big deal. Right. Nobody would ha- take issue with Clark and Lexa. Yeah, for 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 the reason for the of reason it wouldn't women. be like a big deal coming out of the closet wouldn't be yeah a, a thing. thing. Yeah, I think that's clear. But at the same time, it's weird. It's, it's like, a little it's, hard yeah, to reconcile. Yeah, but like, we have to accept the terms of the show. Although, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's just a little. There were little tweaks I think they could have done that would have helped a little bit. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. All right. Well, that concludes our season of coverage. Yeah. So like we said, we're going to be gone for a while, quite a while. Yeah. Um, But we do other podcasts. We do our show, The Screamcast, which is also on iTunes, uh, where we talk about horror TV and movies. Um, Dan's got me into, like, slasher films, (laughs) which I have not previously indulged in (laughs) prior to our relationship. So, uh, and we also, I mean, not we also, I also uh, do a podcast about Girl Meets World with my friends, and we all grew up with Boy Meets World, and we compare the shows and make fun of Girl Meets World and have a good time, and uh, that's called Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet, if you're interested in that. And in general, I don't know, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the Screamcast, um, we're 
thinking about continuing it, but if that doesn't continue, um, maybe something else will happen. And we'll if, see. if it does, check out our when if I release some sort of new show, new podcast, uh, meaning like a new whole show. Um, I will tweet about it on the hundred podcast Twitter. So if so, follow us there. Yeah, you know, or yeah. or check out my actual Twitter, the uh, the podcast man on Twitter. Yeah, and uh, that uh, will have updates. Yeah, and I'm at Olgi Bolgi. I almost never tweet, but you can still follow me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm gonna miss you guys. And it's really sad that it's so long into season four, but I really enjoyed connecting this community. And uh, thank you for listening. I think our fight's over. Yeah, it is. May we meet again. May we meet again. In season four. Ooh.